0: Good morning, Um, happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. I made a lot of interesting decisions this weekend, but my god, did I have fun, so, you know. So, I'm gonna talk, uh, this is gonna be an incredibly important episode. Today, we're talking about porn. In the new age, sex-positive world, we ignore the ways in which porn can and has damaged us. The porn industry is incredibly flawed, and we also need to talk about the industry that we support when we engage in watching porn. My um, main resources for this topic are Fight the New Drug, uh, which is a non religious and non legislative nonprofit that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision. ...regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts. And also the many conversations I've had with my ex and my friends about how terribly porn affected um, our relationship and ultimately ruined it. Uh, In this episode, I'll cover how porn affects our brains how it affects our relationships, how it promotes sexual violence, sex trafficking in the industry, racism in the industry, as well as my personal experiences with porn consumption and the effect porn has had on my relationships. I'll end it with whether I think porn can be consumed healthily or not. Um, so yes, uh, trigger warning for everyone for sexual violence, rape, pedophilia, and sex trafficking. We've all seen porn. Most of us got exposed to it way too young as well. Whether that was non-consensually or out of our own curiosity, most kids nowadays are exposed to porn by age 13, <clears throat> with <clears throat> 84% of males and 57% of females from ages 14 through 18 having viewed porn. Also, it's common that in households where sex is inappropriate to speak of, um, kids or teenagers will often turn to porn to learn about sex. And this can skew their view of sex tremendously and in very unhealthy ways. So how does porn change our brains? Neuroplasticity. At its most basic level refers to the brain's ability to change. When you learn to ride a bike, this is an example um, in one of the articles from Fight the New Drug, when you learn to ride a bike your brain didn't just logically process the steps involved in riding a bike. Your brain literally physically changed itself into a brain built for bike riding. It can mold and shape itself like play as it responds to these outside forces and experiences. When we engage in an activity, particularly a pleasurable activity and particularly if it involves repetition and intense focus, our brains alter themselves so that they'll be better and more efficient at doing that activity the next time. Our brains create what are known as neural pathways. The more we engage in an activity, the stronger the pathways associated with that activity become. Once formed, those pathways can become remarkably long-lasting and resilient. Pathways neglected or ignored even for years are still there, ready to be revitalized. Supernormal refers to an exaggerated version or amount of a normal thing, and was coined by a researcher named nicolas uh, Tin- Tinbergen. <clears throat> Porn can be referred to as a supernormal stimulus. Porn can artificially overwhelm one of these stimuli on a consistent basis, making our expectations change. It isn't just that our brains prefer the supernormal stimulus. It's that they can change themselves to expect it, and the old normal stimulus, also known as real life, suddenly seems less interesting by comparison. Our expectations, responses, and preferences can adapt to exaggerated stimuli, and we find ourselves less interested, even bored, by things that may have seemed more exciting in the past. Pornography can shape how we view sexual situations by overwhelming our brain's natural processes. It can take our brain's natural stimuli, our desire for intimacy and connection, our longing to feel strong or desirable in our relationships, our interest in a particular feature or activity, and give us more quantity, more exaggerated, and more supernormal versions of that thing until it can override what we think is normal, warp what we perceive as exciting, and make real intimacy seem less interesting by comparison. It can also provide an overabundance of supernormal stimuli that can completely rewire what we find arousing and what we desire and expect from sexual intimacy. These changes in our expectations can have tremendous implications for how we view others and how we view relationships. So how does porn affect our relationships and intimacy? As world-renowned researcher and author, Dr. Brené Brown, has stated, We are psychologically, emotionally, and cognitively hardwired for connection, love, and belonging. Connection, along with love and belonging, is what gives us purpose and meaning to our lives. So to start, dozens of studies have been repeatedly shown that porn consumers tend to have lower relationship satisfaction, and lower relationship quality. Porn consumers tend to experience more negative communication with their partners, feel less dedicated to their relationships, have a more difficult time making adjustments in their relationships, are less sexually satisfied, and commit more infidelity research also shows that porn consumers tend to become less committed to their partners less satisfied in their relationships and more accepting of cheating meanwhile partners of porn consumers also report negative effects such as lower self-esteem worse relationship quality and less uh, sexual satisfaction Research also suggests that porn consumption can undermine trust in a relationship and fuel couple conflict. Obviously, relationship problems like these are not new and are not solely caused by porn, yet research shows that porn can play a substantial role in fueling these issues. And that's not something that should be ignored. According to another study, individuals who watch porn alone reported twice the rate of cheating on their partner in comparisons to couples who didn't watch porn at all. And interestingly enough, individuals who viewed porn alone and with their partners reported three times the rate of cheating. The reality is most young people are getting at least some of their education about sex from porn. And that can be incredibly problematic in sexual relationships, given that porn can warp expectations about sex, bodies, and relationships. In one survey, they found that 53% of boys and 39% of girls reported believing that pornography was a realistic depiction of sex. And 44% of boys who consumed porn reported that it gave them ideas about the type of sex that they want to try. And that's especially concerning considering that porn is wildly unrealistic and often promotes toxic tropes including rape, incest, sexual violence, sexism, racism, etc. In porn it's all about the viewer. In porn, finding a partner is effortless. These performers are seemingly always ready, willing and longing for your attention. This partner has nothing else to do with their time but wait for you. They're young, attractive, sexually adventurous <clears throat> and anxious to please. These this partner will never age, never get bored or annoyed, never have an off day or need a listening ear. And if this porn partner ever fails to keep you entertained, they can be exchanged with a single click. The problem is that internet pornography has a number of unique properties that make it different from real-life relationships with real-life people. Features of porn, such as limitless, novelty, on-demand accessibility, and easy escalation to more extreme material can condition someone's expectations for sex to aspects of pornography consumption consumption that do not readily translate to real-life partners. As this happens, real-life sex may not register as meeting expectations for a regular porn consumer and arousal and satisfaction can decline. Dr. John and Julie Gottman wrote, there are many other factors about porn use that can threaten a relationship's intimacy. First, intimacy for couples is a source of connection and communication between two people. But when one person becomes accustomed to masturbating to porn, they are actually turning away from intimate interaction. Second, when watching pornography, the user is in total control of the sexual experience, in contrast to normal sex in which people are sharing control with the partner. Worse still, many porn sites include violence toward women, the antithesis of intimate connection, Pornography can also lead to a decrease in relationship trust and a higher likelihood of affairs outside the relationship. Many porn sites now offer an escalation of sexual activity beyond simply viewing porn. That includes actually having sex with other individuals online. Learning about how porn affects your brain um, reminded me of something else on a bit of a smaller scale, and that's dating apps. I don't personally use dating apps anymore, even when I'm single and lonely and want that external validation that a super like could give me immediately. In the same way as pornography, dating apps give you the ability to just swipe through people. Watching porn, you get bored of watching someone and you can scroll through thousands of other people to find one that gets you off. If you get bored talking to someone on a dating app, you can swipe endlessly through people to find someone that piques your interest. It's also a superficial app where the judgment is based usually solely off someone's looks. The intent of going on something like Tinder is pretty much always sexual. You're bored and want to hook up. The fact that sex is so easily acceptable with a range of a ton of different people causes your brain to over-sexualize everyone and everything. It also trains your brain to always think that there could be someone better if you just keep swiping. It's addictive. So moving along, there's a lot of encouragement. Of sexual violence in porn. According to a 2021 study, one out of every eight porn titles shown to first time visitors to porn sites described acts of sexual violence. And according to studies analyzing the content of porn videos themselves, it's estimated that at least one in three videos and as many as nine in ten videos show acts of physical aggression or violence, while 48.7%, about half, contain verbal aggression. These studies also found that despite the levels of violence and aggression, the targets were almost always portrayed as responding with pleasure or neutrality. What type of message does that send to young people who turn to porn to learn about sex. This is a huge reason why men so often think that women like rough, almost painful sex, which a lot of women do, and I'm not judging, but also why men are trained to think that rough sex is good sex and anything else is boring. I read a true story of a girl that moved to San Diego for a fitness modeling job, but when she arrived, she was met by several men who took her phone, intimidated her into signing a contract she wasn't allowed to read, plied her with drugs and alcohol, and trapped her in a hotel room where they told her she would be filmed for a porn video. Even after she tried to run away, the men physically forced her to comply. With no way out, she was violently raped on camera for over six hours. The nearly hour-long video of her abuse was then released on the Girls Do Porn website and published on nearly every major porn site, even using her full legal name in the title. Girls Do Porn is a wildly, wildly popular porn production company, which garnered well over a billion views, ranking around the 20th most popular channel on Pornhub, and reportedly generating an estimated $17 million in revenue. Although the, the Girls Do Porn owners were eventually charged with sex trafficking, They had millions of viewers and operated unchecked for 11 years, despite numerous victims' desperate pleadings to have the content removed. And hey, maybe you try to steer clear of rape porn or porn with any type of sexual violence, but what you don't realize is that some of the largest porn distributors will often blackmail or intimidate victims into making their porn. The victims were often forced to smile and pretend that they were enjoying themselves and complied because of the fear of repercussions. The fact of the matter is that sex trafficking in porn is a much bigger issue than most people realize. According to cases reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline, pornography was the third most common form of sex trafficking after escort services and illicit massage businesses sex trafficking is by nature an underground issue which means that accurate statistics are difficult to come by if anything the numbers reflecting sex trafficking's pervasiveness are likely a lot higher than reports indicate but regardless Of the exact numbers, it's important to remember that one person trafficked is one too many. The vast majority of human trafficking victims come from vulnerable populations and of the approximately 24.9 million victims of forced labor, an estimated 4.8 million, about 19%, are trafficked for sex. Even more disturbingly, more than one in five sex trafficking victims, an estimated 21% are children. According according to one report, of the domestic minor trafficking victims who had been forced into porn production, the average age they began being filmed was 12.8 years old. Unfortunately, some people listen to stories of victims being sex trafficked through the use of coercion and ask why didn't she just leave or why didn't he just say no. Firstly, it's important to remember that trafficking is never the fault of the victim and blaming the victim only adds to their trauma. Secondly, the fact of the matter is that psychological manipulation used by traffickers can often be just as powerful, if not more powerful, as physical force. It's also important to note that porn often depicts and profits from blatantly racist narratives. According to researchers who performed a content analysis of more than 1,700 scenes from two of the world's most popular porn sites, videos featuring Black people disproportionately emphasize violence and aggression, perpetuate harmful racist stereotypes, and often depict Black people as worse than objects. The porn industry often fetishizes race reducing people of color to sexual categories that often focus on damaging stereotypes. I read on Fight the New Drug, according to former performer Vanessa Belmond, as a biracial performer and bi-performer, yes, um, porn star, she experienced the racist core of the porn industry personally not only her but also her boyfriend who is a person of color as well she said my boyfriend grew up grew to hate porn because he was constantly told to act like a thug stereotype he got passed up many times because he was not dark enough and because he was uncomfortable being rough with women and calling them racist names he wasn't good at playing into the scary black man persona, so directors went for the guys that could. So yeah, that's um, the ba- <laughs> the basics of where the porn industry goes terribly, terribly wrong. Um, but as far as my personal experiences, I first found porn through Tumblr when I was 13, which ended up being my main source of sex ed. I had absolutely no sexual education besides my mom warning me not to be alone with certain boys and men, including my dad's best friend, and just giving me a brief explanation as to why not to trust them. I also was In Christian school at this time where the only sex ed I got was my teachers telling me to wait until marriage otherwise I'll get an STD and die and then spend eternity burning in hell and yes they used pretty much that exact same language. I don't think I've ever had an unhealthy obsession with porn as I don't I also don't consider myself a very sexually driven person but Many of my partners have been active consumers. My first sexual partner, who was sexually abusive, was exposed to porn at a very young age by an older family member. This gives me a lot of sympathy as to why their view of sex was so skewed and damaging. They didn't understand boundaries, were hypersexual, and seemed... To want sex more when I denied it. The things that they would pressure me to try, they deemed normal (laughs) when I left that relationship and started the healing process from the trauma that I had endured. I had so many questions. I didn't know what was socially acceptable in sex and what wasn't because my partner at the time didn't respect my boundaries and pushed me to do things that I didn't want to do. And when I would ask that partner questions, it was met with like, yeah, everyone does this, like it was expected of me. I know that this partner had an active porn use, and I assume that the porn that they watched was very toxic, since what they deemed normal just wasn't the actual expected norm. Also, that coercion and disrespecting boundaries were a norm for them as well. The healthiest and happiest relationship that I ever had was ultimately ruined by porn consumption. My ex-partner, who I've had many conversations around this with, was exposed to porn way too young, in turn making him over-sexualize every interaction, be hypersexual in general, and crave variety in partners. He also had a disconnect between sex and emotional intimacy, which caused him to have meaningless sex often. Although our sex was very meaningful because we were so in love, but the ways that porn consumption had affected his view of sex and his desires ultimately affected his ability to be in a monogamous relationship with me. Even though we had a very emotionally fulfilling relationship, it took a long time for me to understand and accept that this, that his infidelity was not because I wasn't enough sexually for him. Especially because even after having so much trauma, I was able to put in effort to explore with him and still feel safe. Although I'm not a very innately sexual person and don't tend to have a high sex drive, I understand now that there are way more factors that played into this situation than just my lack of hypersexuality. My sex drive is also purely based on emotion. Emotional intimacy and romance keeps my sex drive at a healthy even pace. When I'm deeply depressed and in desperate need of validation, my sex drive skyrockets. If I'm in a relationship where I'm getting asked for sex a ton, but not getting the emotional intimacy and romance, it plummets. And it plummets hard. Just being physically attracted to someone has never um, been enough to keep my sex drive stable. And is there a healthy way to consume porn? Dude, I don't know, really. I thought that on the rare occasion that I consumed it that it was fine because I used a woman-run site that strove to make ethical porn. Again, my sex drive is based a lot on emotional connection, so I wouldn't watch it for the people that were in it and being attracted to them. It truly did not matter at all what they looked like. It was literally... Me watching what they were doing and imagining doing that with the person that I was emotionally invested with. As a side note, this also means that casual sex for me, although it can be fun, doesn't usually like get me there unless I have feelings for the person. Or it's at least really difficult to get there. At this point, it kind of just seems like porn does way more harm than good, and although we can try to consume it in a way that's less damaging and through ethical sites, it may just not be worth it in the long run with how much it changes your brain and relationships. Should I stop consuming porn? Should I feel ashamed? Research indicates while guilt can motivate healthy change, shame actually fuels problematic porn habits. So if you're trying to give up porn, be kind to yourself and be patient with your progress. On the surface, porn may seem harmless or may even seem like a good way to learn more about sex. Maybe a committed relationship seems far away in the future or you feel confident that a little porn won't harm your relationships. But the research is pretty clear. Porn can have devastating impacts on relationships, both sexually and emotionally. Huge changes can be hard to make in a blink of an eye, almost impossible for that to be lasting as well. So maybe try limiting your porn consumption little by little until you don't feel the need to watch it anymore and switch to a site that claims to be ethical like um, Blesa. I recommend. Pornhub is not ethical and circulates a lot of pedophilia and trafficking, so stay away from sites like that. There's a lot of change to be made. And it's important to recognize, although something as normal and human as watching porn, something almost everyone you know does or has done at some point, can still be affecting you horribly without you even realizing it's linked to that. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know this topic can be very heavy to a lot of people, especially when sexual violence is involved. I want the best for my listeners, and if I could do this research to forward to you, to all of you, I feel like I'm doing my job, so... Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Bye-bye.